Josh majored in mechanical engineering and was the president of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, the Tau Alpha chapter. After graduation, he went on to work at NASA and also in the oil and gas industry as a project engineer. While at Baylor, Josh met his wife, Karis, and started Ferris Photos and Films his sophomore years, which is the media production and marketing company he and Karis currently own and operate. Josh now resides in Dallas, Texas with his wife and three kids and spends his time being a husband, a dad, leading the company, and helping people towards their personal and business goals. Tap in. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of Campus Cut, a intergenerational multicultural show that brings together students, faculty, athletes, entertainers, and people from all walks of life to be able to chop it up and give their perspective on society and culture. Today, I have a special guest. I have a good brother of the AFIA. I got an entrepreneur. I got a business strategist. I got a business coach. I got somebody that is honestly putting out great impact and who's doing some great things, and um, somebody that I I aspire to to be like and then being inspired by his dedication as a family man as a husband and somebody who continues to go pursue his business goals so without further ado josh harris welcome to the show what's going on man i appreciate the invite this is live (laughs) yes sir yes sir yes sir you know um that that's what it's all about that's what it's all about and i'm i just want to say from my deepest gratitude thank you so much for coming up on the show um for the people that don't know my campus cuts it was inspired by lebron james the shop and i wanted to emulate and bring that type of conversation and that dialogue where people are able to be comfortable to have um conversations that we're not having on my campus and now it just kind of grew up to be a thing and so i just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to be on here man Oh yeah, man. I appreciate appreciate the invite. This is all love, man. I'm I'm happy to be here talking and chopping it up in the shop. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So of course, you know, I was able to give a basic introduction about who you are, but I want you to introduce yourself. What is your name? Um, when did you graduate? And then what's your occupation mm-hmm. in hometown? Absolutely. So my name is Joshua Ferris. I am 31 years old. I graduated uh, from Baylor University in, in 2012 uh, with a mechanical uh, engineering degree. And my occupation right now is I'm an entrepreneur, business owner, uh, and business coach. Yes, sir, man. That That's amazing, man. So we got an old dog up in the house, man. <laughs> that's it. Oh, man, that's crazy. It, it's been some time. Yeah, two, it's almost going on almost 10 years, which is crazy. But, 10 yeah. years. Dude, Crazy. so that actually that's actually a really good starting point, man. So you graduated at Baylor during 2012, and we are just fresh off an election. Um, yep. I know it's like we're going that way. Um, my first question for you is like, how has how have you felt like the country has changed um, for the um, in the past eight years since you know you left college and you entered the workforce? And um, what are your thoughts on that, man? Man, how it's changed. I, I mean, I really don't think i mean it's changed but it hasn't changed you know what i'm saying i I really feel like there's nothing new under the sun um at the end of the day what i focused on since graduating was you know bettering myself so i could better my family and put us in a situation because at the end of the day america ain't gonna save you so i haven't i don't don't know i haven't been paying attention but you know in the sense to me it felt like it hadn't changed you know i still had a situation that we uh that I wanted to get me and my family out of. And so that's what we've been focusing on. 
uh, through faith and through ownership. Right, right, man. That's a good point, man. It's quite funny because you know I'm an entrepreneur. Well, I'm a buddy entrepreneur, still trying to figure it, it out. And um, man, you just had a really good point. And I feel like a lot of people nowadays, um, especially in our community, have been talking about ownership and ownership and ownership. Um, where did you get that mindset and mentality to understand, like, hey, I need to own my own? Um, I would say I got it, you know, growing up uh, just through my childhood. Um, and then I really honestly think and God put some in me to be and and an owner an entrepreneur a leader um just from my personality but you know growing up didn't have a ton and so mm-hmm. but i had a, a huge desire to have <laughs> and so the road, <laughs> road somewhere you know what i'm saying so from maybe not having a spare dollar or you know parents not giving you a spare dollar For the ice cream chuck or not being able to just go buy whatever you saw was hot in, in the culture or whatever uh built 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 some inside of me but i've always been selling things you know candy i would take free candy from halloween take it to school flip it mix tapes <laughs> you know whatever you know whatever i could do uh to make a buck you know and and uh you know kind of be able to you know create a way um but and then inside of that i think you know god just kind of gave me a uh, a knack for business, entrepreneurship, leading teams, and things of that nature. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just just my upbringing, and you know, uh, just kind of the attitude and uh, how how I was kind of brought up, you know. Right, right. Everybody, you know, it sounds like each and every entrepreneur sounds like, oh yeah, they started selling candy. They started hustling. What else you got? That, that's 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 <laughs> high, high ticket commodity as a kid, man. That candy or those snacks. <laughs> Yeah, you absolutely are definitely right about that. And um, it's quite funny because there's some people who have that and some people that just kind of fall into it. But I mean, of course, it just feels like each and every person kind of does have that drive and like that drive to succeed and understand, like, you know, I want a lot in order to provide or that drive to be known and drive to just want to, you know, make a name for themselves. And, and, and so when you talk about that drive, what do you feel like are the top two things that people have to do? Like, do you think drive is embedded or it can be crafted? Um, a little bit of both. And I'll say that in the sense of there's something inside of you um, that may take a little mining, that may take a little time to figure out, but there's something inside of you that you really desire, right? Um, or there's something really inside of you that you don't want, that you fear. Um, that can motivate you or, you know, put a fire on that desire for you to go out and get what you want. So that's that's what's embedded in you. But it, it's crafted at the same time because it may take um, an outside person to help you figure out what that is. It may take an outside circumstance for, for or something to happen to you to really put a fire on that desire and to go out and hustle for what you really are, you know, looking for. Mm hmm. Do you think everybody can be born a hustler? 
Yeah, I, I, I think in my total optimistic view, yes, you know, because I want everybody to go and get it and I want everybody to be motivated and, and be self-educated uh, and self-motivated and all of that. But just in my experience, mm-hmm. no, you know what I mean? So and I'm just kind of even falling into that. But, you know, that's why I say I, I really think that God has put some in me you know, to have that personality. And so I need to take care of that and respect that and, you know, keep going hard. But um, is it possible for everybody to work hard and hustle? I think so, but it just takes some work mm-hmm. to, to get there. But is everybody going to do it is the question? Absolutely not. Mm. Yeah. And especially with a lot of these incentives for people to just let things slide, whether that's an idea whether yeah. that is just like you know like a, a career they get the idea of just getting comfortable Absolutely. and you know we, we have to continue to get comfortable being uncomfortable and i'm not sure if you read the book um what's the book called uh, what do you call it uh it's the one by david goggins david goggins can't hurt me Gotcha. And no, I, I haven't. I'll check it out though. Man, you definitely need to have check it out because I feel like that it can apply to anybody. Um, and I know like you know, people kind of look at motivation as some like cheesy thing, like, okay, yeah, I'm inspired, whatever. But the one of the things that stood out for me personally was I want to be uncommon among uncommon men. Mm-hmm. Man mm-hmm. came from you know, was came from poverty. Um joined the army or joined the air force then after that he was 300 pounds lost 300 pounds joined the air force then after that got hurt went back mm-hmm. home got 300 pounds again cut it down became a navy seal tried three times before that time and then tried to go become a ranger is now like an ultra marathon runner wow. and bro like his story is inspiring and it's like crazy. all right what excuse do I got? <laughs> you got your story, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, everybody has that story, man. And so my question for you was, like, if you want to get into it, like, um, yeah. what's your story, bro? Like, who are you? Who's Joshua Ferris? Besides the accolades, besides that, um, who are you, man? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a great question, you know, and I think everybody should think about it. But if you ask me who I am, man, I'm just – uh, a faith-driven, purpose-driven, you know, uh, family man that's just hustling for his family, right? I'm hustling. I'm working hard um, to build my family legacy. So when it comes back to me, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a family man who is driven through faith to do whatever I got to do to make sure that uh, I'm owning up to my responsibilities and doing what I can for my family at the end of the day. Right, right. And that's super important because at the end of the day, all we got is family, right? That's where it starts for me. Absolutely. My faith in my family. That's about all I got. Right, right. That's so good. And, man, I want to talk to you about, like, you coming into Baylor. Um, Mm -hmm. How did that start? How did you find out about Baylor? (laughs) And how did you get there? Yeah, so, actually, my brother, my brother went to Baylor also. and he wanted to go to Baylor way before I did. He wanted to be a doctor in the medical field and all that. So while he was still in middle school, elementary, you know, Baylor's the best <laughs> school for that. So he was talking about Baylor. 
I thought, you know, I was just going to slide into UT or something and, <laughs> and, you know, go to UT. It was, you know, it was, it was Vince Young, Ricky, Ricky Williams and that air and all right. that. So I was like, man, hook em. you know, but anyways, <laughs> so Baylor came and they were like, Hey, all you got to do is fill out this, you know, snap app, write your name, tell us your school and all that, send this in, whoop-de-whoop. And it's all good. I ended up getting into A&M, UT, Baylor and all that. But um, through my high school experience, I kind of figured, you know, I would do a lot better. I don't know where I got this wisdom from, but thank God for it. But I said I'd do a lot better in a smaller environment um, and, and not a city with so many distractions. And so whenever I wanted to have fun, our trip up to Austin or wherever, really, you know, right. goes in the center of everything. But um, yeah, so I ended up going to uh, Baylor just to be in a in a more Christ-centered environment, a smaller environment, and somewhere kind of out in the middle of nowhere, uh, just so I wouldn't have distractions. I thought that would give me a better chance at success. And it did. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, you know, you said you studied mechanical engineering. Like, did you always mm -hmm. want to become an engineer? How, like, how did that come about? Yeah, not at all. Um, <laughs> when I was growing up, I always thought I would go to law school. I would be an attorney um, and do the whole Johnny Cochran thing, you know. Right. Um, really, I wanted to be a uh, IP lawyer, right? Intellectual property. I wanted to combine mm -hmm. my science, my technical, you know, expertise skills along with my, my logic and wanted to be an attorney and all that stuff. So, um, so really I went in, I was like, man, I need a, a major. What should I major in? Um, at the time I was in the AP calculus and AP physics in high school and all that. So I was really adept to the, to the technical side, the math and the science. And so I got in, I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll do a backup as a mechanical engineering degree. And then uh, I didn't want to like major in political science or English history or anything like that. And so I chose um, mechanical engineering, uh, got the, what is it, the minor in math, and then I was on like a pre-law track. And so mm -hmm. once I started seeing what I had to do with pre-law and stuff like that, I got off of that track after I ended up getting a internship at NASA uh, right. and I started seeing what was kind of going on there. And I was like, you know what, this is pretty cool. I can do this and uh, go to the business side and be, become a project manager and all of that and whatever. And so ended up, of course, clearly not going to law school and not becoming a lawyer and attorney or anything like that. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, so that's how I kind of got into mechanical engineering. I was like, you know, I need to do something that also, if I don't go to law school, what will make me the most money and what's something right. that is somewhat cool. So right. <laughs> in engineering it was. <laughs> right. Right, man. And dude, like I know that's a major move because I know for a lot of people, especially within the African American community, um, you don't mm -hmm. see a lot of people of color um within those fields within mechanical yeah. engineering like the level of just the idea of representation and equity is yeah. kind of pretty much low you know of course you got nesby and i bet you were a part of that and, and other different things yeah. in order to try to um you know accumate and give that opportunity for students of color to congregate and get together but i mean like you were able to work for one of the top companies like space aerospace engineering and all of that stuff yeah. Um, at yeah. a very high level, man. Um, talk about yeah. that transition, being a person of color within that career field. Like, talk about the things that you saw. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it felt 
just like Baylor. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it, it's so going into the actual industry, you know, it wasn't a an environment that I wasn't familiar with. You know, right. it's it was a lot of people, you know, shocked, you know, or not. I was young too. And so um I because I had did an internship, I when I started right after school, I, I did have kind of a leg up was already in charge of a couple of projects and things of that nature because I had seen. So they had put me on as a lead for a couple of different projects. And I was, you know, even hosting a couple of the groups within the company um, just, you know, for the local site and all that. So, um, yeah, I, I, it was a fun time. I was really hungry. You know, I was, I put in just as much work there as I do now, you know what I mean? So um, I was on a loop leadership track and it, and it was great you know um i don't have anything bad to say about it except that uh i had you know bigger bigger goals and eventually moved on uh but right. everything that i was setting out to do there i was accomplishing it you know um, right from reading on projects we uh helped uh design the spacesuit um and particularly um and then also uh yeah, just so I mean, I don't really have anything bad to say except that it was right. a great learning experience. You know what I mean? I got to get that experience on the corporate side, which helps me now, right. um, helps me, you know, run my company like a legit actual business, helps me be very efficient, um, helps me with our, our leadership and, and managing and running a team. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it was, it was a good experience. And I think, you know, it was what God had for me at that time. Right. Right. That's really good. And I love how you, again, touched into the idea of leadership because you described yourself as a leader and you had some leadership experience coming up Baylor and then I'm moving up, man. So what does it mean? What does leadership mean to you? Oh, man, I think leadership is everything, to be honest. Right. You know, like nobody, you can't think of one time you've grown without somebody leading you, somebody or something. Right. So to me, I think companies, families, this country, everything is on the back of leadership. And if you don't have a strong leader, if you don't have somebody there to guide you, protect you, um, whatever, like you're in trouble, right? You're, you're on an island by yourself. And yeah, so I think to me, you know, leadership is everything. It's something that, you know, I've, I, I take seriously and, uh, you know, but because I've seen the effects of it when I've not respect the position, but I've seen the effects of mm -hmm. having a good leader and what that can do in somebody's life. So where I'm at now, leadership is everything. Right, right. And I really think that um, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's scary, but it, mm -hmm. it, it, there is a lot of responsibility. I remember last week I had a conversation with my Bible study group. We were just talking and one of my great friends asked me like, what does it mean to be a leader? And do you feel like are you, you are a leader? I have a colleague that said, yeah. no, nah, I'm not a leader. But I'm like, no, like everybody's a leader. And I think one of the key things that leaders need to have and need to know is that every great leader was once a follow was a great follower. Yeah, gotta be. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I totally agree. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And I think it starts in the family, right? Every 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 father once was a son. You know, he may not have had his leader around, his father. So it might have been somebody else, but you were a son, you know what I mean? Uh, and you may have had to grow up quicker than some other ones, but at some point you were a son. And so I think it starts at the family and then it goes into school. It goes into uh, entrepreneurship, business, sports. That that model is everywhere. Right, 
Right. Even in art, right. even in art, you have an apprentice, you know, you, even it's that model is everywhere. You can't you cannot succeed uh, without having a great leader, whether that person knows you're following them or not. You know, mm-hmm. you got to have a model. You got to have somebody to, to give you the game. You know what I mean? And, and, and tell you to watch out here and don't want to do that or go there. Or you need to double down on this. Somebody to speak life into you to let you know, right. to think bigger, you know. Or, or even say, hey, you might want to think about this. I see something in you, you know. So leadership, man, it, it's really important. Yeah. And now what was, what like, throughout your career and your tenure of becoming, being a leader, what has been some of the, uh, your toughest conflicts and how have you been able to work through that? Yeah, I mean, I think my toughest one is is always going to fall down to that ego and that pride, you know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's just what it what it falls down to. That's what I battle with. You know, I grew up uh, Houston, Texas, in in uh, from '89 to whatever '90s. You know, and so for me, everything was Hustle City. I grew up listening to a lot of hip hop, rap, and so everything was get it on your own, independent ownership, all that. Right. But what also comes with that is a lot of ego, pride, me, me, me. I did this, I did that, and. Uh, I had to get out of that in the sense of, you know, I'm leading to serve. Right. So I'm, I have to put others first. I've put my wife first, my kids first, you know what I mean? So um, when it comes down to what things that I have to battle with in leadership, it's, I always look at myself first. It's, you know, what's my mindset on this? Am I doing, who am I doing this for? Am I doing it for Josh's glory? Am I doing it so I can get the accolades? Am I doing it for my family? Am I really doing it? for God's glory, all of that, you know, so it's really being honest with yourself as a leader and, you know, saying, are you willing, what are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to give up for the betterment of who you're leading, the people you're leading? So with me, that's where it always comes down to. So you got to be real honest with myself. Right. And um, have you read Principles by Ray Dalio? Some some of it, some of it. I got the app and everything. I haven't read it all the way through, but uh, I definitely have, have touched on it. Right. But I mean, I mean, of course, and I feel like everybody, whether you're an entrepreneur or, or just a regular person, I really think that, um, of course, if you don't know who Ray Dalio is, he is a hedge fund manager of Bridgewater Associates, um, an author, a speaker, uh, a ph- like a philanthropist um, and one of Diddy's mentors and a mentor to everybody. But I really mm-hmm. feel like he's one of the modern philosophers of our time. Same with like Naval Ravikant, Tim Ferriss, all those mugs. And I think the number one thing that really stands out whenever I read that book is about the two, the two, I mean, of course, and Devon Franklin even said it in his book, The Truth About Men, The Wolves. Uh, mm-hmm. Hello? <laughs> no, I did not draw on this. Hey, everybody, that's my sister. I'm I'm, I'm recording the episode real quick. <laughs> you want to say hi to everybody? No. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, man. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh man hey everybody um but i think one of the really cool things um that he said was talking about the two evils and the thing like the lower self and the higher self the ego like mm-hmm. of course you know when we're up op- like we can operate without the ego and everything like that and honestly that's our higher self but too many mm-hmm. times we got the world like the mr dr jekyll and mr hyde mr. everybody yeah. has that Everybody has that. Like, I mean, it's just a, a biblical example to be David. Like, man, God meant after man's own yeah. heart and, you know, fell to temptation. Like, oh, man, I saw this fine girl. I need to kill her. I need to kill her husband. 
Uh, and then after Absolutely. that, I was like, oh, man, man, it's because of that pride. And I, I think it's one of the most human things that each and every person can experience with. But, I mean, it sucks. It's unfortunate. Absolutely. Hey, it's a part of life. It's a part of life. Right, man. It is, it is <laughs> oh, man. You got to love the siblings. You got to love the siblings. But um, and, and it's so hey, true. I it, know it is about it. I know all about it. Yeah, man. But actually, that's a great segue, man, because you got three, you're a family man, and, you know, you've always had the idea of um, being a great man, have three kids. Um, yeah. I, I think one of the things that we don't really talk about or we don't have necessarily is a lot. Well, nowadays it's changing. But we don't necessarily, yeah. when back in the day, we never had a really good picture of fatherhood, man. And, like, just from your Instagram and everything that you've done, um, you know, you are fighting that stereotype. How does it feel to be a father? Like, what was the feeling that you ever had when you first had your first your first child? Oh, man. It was, it was a dream come true, man. It was just like, it was... Better than any, you know, business deal, better than starting a business, better than getting my diploma, all of that stuff. Because I mean, we're vividly as a kid, you know, wanting to be a dad, you know, wanting to be like my dad. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, that that's probably the best feeling. Like that is my assignment. Right. You know, being a, a husband. But right after that is is my kids, you know, and, and raising them up and shaping their mindset right now. I think everything has to do with your mindset on how you see the world and, and what you put your faith in. And so to me, that's my biggest job daily is shaping their mindset and instilling that confidence and still in that faith and still in uh, the values of, of hard work, respect and, and ownership and, you know, all of that. Yeah. They're, they're four, three and or four, two and two months, but I truly believe it starts now. And, and if, like I said, it falls back on the leadership. If I can do just half the job my parents did with me, they they may have a chance. And I think no parent doesn't want their kid to not have the best chance possible, you know, of right. enjoying them being successful um, and, and then continuing on the legacy of faith and family that we have. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I've read a whole bunch of things like it, it, it always like everybody says, like, once you have once you become a father, once you become a parent, like you have that extra kick, like it's real. Did you have that type oh, yeah. of feeling? Oh, yeah, man. Every, with every kid, I remember before I, when Karis was pregnant, I was like, you know what I want to do? I want to for every kid. I want to start a new business to give them and whatnot. I, we, I haven't done that, but it, we have grown every with every child we we haven't necessarily planned any of them. And so whenever we find out, you know, Karis is pregnant and it, we're always in a situation like, oh, boy, how are we going to do this? But God makes a way every time. You know what I'm saying? I, with us and having kids, the goal is to create an army of 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 us, right, of, of more Christians, you know, by the numbers to have more good people in the world, more people fighting for what's right, more people uh, to just join the, the squad. Right. And so. Um, we truly believe every time that we do have a kid, God takes care of us in order to take care of his own. Right. And so as long as we are continually, you know, focused on the right thing, you know, doing things for the right purpose, we feel like he's going to take care of us. And then of course, you know, we know we got to get to work and it's more work and all that, but that's what we're here for. 
Yeah, I mean, having kids is a lot, man, but it's, it's definitely a blessing, too. You know, right, right. just as much work as it is, you get twice as much joy, um, twice as much love. You know, kids, kids see you different than adults. They're going to give you that genuine love. You ain't like have no fake love. They ain't going to fake, you know, for, I don't know how for how long. Like I said, my oldest is four. So for right now, I'm soaking up all the genuine love. Because <laughs> she let me know. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, when she is happy, I know it's real. And I know it's uh, it's it's, uh, it's 100 right right and that, that is so that is so good and that is so true and man like you are right man a lot of people um i, I remember i'm not sure if you're familiar with earn your leisure but there's this episode where this young cat he's 23 and he was talking about how you know whenever he works so hard for his children sometimes being an entrepreneur like that work-life balance is pretty hard because you were able to get free from the nine to five Absolutely. but then now you kind of slave to the money until you learn how to optimize and learn how to do that. And he said, but whenever I see my kids, I see them three times a week. Um, I can feel that love. It's not oh, what's yeah. on the outside. Because, of course, you know, a child is pure. Like, they're going to let you know if they hate something or if they love something. <laughs> Absolutely. Every time, you know, uh, when, 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 when I – come in the house and get the love or just when we're sitting there spending time or my oldest Ellie or, or my son JT would just, you know, I love you, dad. You know, man, that's, that's, that's a million bucks right there. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, they, they Lord willing would be here longer than, uh, than the business or the deals or whatever I'm doing at the moment. You know what I mean? They're going to be here. And at the end of the day, I could grow a hugely successful business but if i don't got their their love and respect it'll be for nothing you know what i'm saying i, I would i know i would trade it all and so i try to operate now to where you know i can still keep that and be in their lives and and not risk you know the relationship of my family for the business mm. it's tough i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna lie to you it's tough but it's something that you know me and Karis continually think about Right, right, and that's so good. And Shane, uh, this is a good segue because I wanted to transition into the idea of the businessman. So you and your yeah. wife started this thing, man. Like, talk about that. Like, how how did that even start? How did you start uh, Ferris and Films? Yeah, man. So, um, like we said, it started on Baylor's campus, two thousand and ten. Uh, but it's it's kind of funny how that all even started. Like I said you know, selling candy, middle school, and, you know, doing odd jobs, high school and whatnot. When I got to Baylor, I was like, all right, what am I going to do? I was broke. I had came in on, you know, some had a little bit of loan money, but, you know, once that's up, that's gone. And uh, I was actually a an RA on campus, uh, what mm -hmm. we call them, campus leader, C a CL. And mm -hmm. I did that I, so because I had to stay on campus because I didn't have no money for an off-campus apartment. So I said, I might as well be an RA and uh, help out <laughs> some dudes and, and get free uh, food. You know what I mean? So I did that. Um, while I was doing that, I opened up a barbershop in my dorm room. 
Um, oh, so wow. I was cutting heads, you know, five dollars a head. All the freshmen would come and be like, "Hey, I need to, I, I need to get a haircut. You know where we can get a haircut around here? Right here, bro. I got you. You know what I'm saying? So I took all those like five dollars. I would save up, save up, save up, and I actually bought my first camera uh, from a pawn shop uh, down wow. 35 over there. Bought it from a pawn shop because I was the first dude in my family to go to college, and so oh, wow. I was like, you know what? Let me take all these photos, take all these pictures, document what college is like, you know what I'm saying? And so uh, show all my cousin, my brother and whatnot, and just post it. I was just documenting my life. And that had led into then, you know, people asking to take um, portraits, you know, during graduation, uh, at events, parties, whatever it may be. And I was just that dude on campus. I took, had my camera with me all the time. Right. Um, and then, so, and then it led into some, oh, I got to end up getting the job at Baylor working for the marketing and communications department. Mm. And so I had started my business and then I got an opportunity to actually shoot for Baylor at all the sports games, faculty, the the magazine, the, the website, all of that. So I was a, a part of all of that and got to see how a studio works um and manage other photographers and gear and all that so it was it was great but that ended up getting me to my first engagement session uh somebody was like hey you're getting married you know can you take our engagement photos and i was like for sure um but taking one step back um and and end up shooting a wedding right and then this is where the greatest thing that ever's happened that has ever happened to Ferris photos and films happened. And that's when Karis got involved. And mm. uh, so everything that we have done has really been because Karis has partnered along with me to make the branding and to make it aesthetically pleasing to everybody and, and all of that. Right. So she came and she helped me with my, my website and all of that. And on campus, she started helping me with like, posing the couples and things of that right. nature. And so that's where that kind of had led to. And, you know, after that, we've been, ju- we ended up, you know, of course we were dating then and she helped me with everything Ended up getting married and we had kept the business going. I was actually going to quit. Um, while really? I was at NASA, I was going to quit while I was at NASA for sure. Wow. I, was, I was doing, I was work. I told you I was working hard there, but I was also working hard for myself after that. So it right. would get to work at six o'clock, come home five o'clock, stay up till three, editing, doing whatever I got to do for the business. And so I was doing literally everything and I was starting to get burnt out. Um, and then I, I, I remember I was at work. I was like, yeah, this, I don't even got time to respond to these inquiries. People want shoes and I'm tired of driving all around Texas and Louisiana and everything, you know, uh, for these shoots and weddings, but, yeah, I was just every weekend it was somewhere, man. So I was literally, you know, getting to the point where I was trying to do some work. I would go to work. I would do my work during lunchtime. I would go to my car. I would edit. I would send emails. I would work during my lunch hour um, and then come back. And so wow. uh, that's when I was like, you know what? It might be time for this to be a wrap. But she stepped in. She started taking over like the admin stuff. And that's when she started helping with the business. Mm. And so um, that's just kind of how it developed, man. And we were, from there, we were really uh, dominating the, the wedding industry, um, shooting all over the world, literally, and shooting celebrities and entertainers and mm-hmm. you know, all of that. And so um, that was good. And then that led into uh, the video side, right? And then we started uh, picking up a lot more video projects in the wedding industry. But also, when we were finally got into the high-end luxury side of the wedding industry, 
those same people who had that disposable income for a really large wedding were also business owners. They, mm -hmm. uh, and, and they wanted help or needed or knew somebody who needed help with their branding for their business. And they were seeing what we were doing with our business. And so we just decided to go ahead and jump into the corporate side and commercial side and started offering our services of media production, websites, um, photo, video to also, you know, ministries, entrepreneurs, small business owners who could use, you know, that quality and service, which then led into us, you know, now having the marketing uh, side of our business where we help companies do that exact same thing, help them create video commercials, help them with email marketing, social media marketing, all of that, as well as just diving deeper into our photo and video production. So, um, but it all started, you know, on Baylor's campus. I remember signing up for my LLC in my mom's guest room, you know, over a summer one time, but, um, and, and, and I still get love from Baylor, you know what I mean? So uh, it's been, a, it's been a journey going on about 10 years now, but it's, uh, I always like to say, it's crazy what a couple cameras and a lot of faith can do, you know? Man, dude, you can say that again. You can say that again. <laughs> you got 10 years in the game, 10 years of skin. Man, like what you just said was super, super duper um, amazing. And I love the fact that, of course, um, shout out to Ecclesiastes. It's like when, when two two is better than one, two is better than one. Because when one falls Absolutely. down, another one picks you up. And of course, you know, you should, shout out, you got that. Your your amazing wife has been a great supporter. Oh, yeah. And I bet that and it's definitely been reciprocated both and um, both fronts. And man, I think that's so incredible to see just that journey taking place. Like you were about to quit. And then after all oh, now, almost not quitting, you get guys, everybody that's watching this or is listening to this, this man has been featured on people. Forbes has <laughs> shot for Kirk Franklin. This guy, all the links of course is in the bio. Um, and you can, if you want to book him right here, right now, He's a pretty big deal. You got some great clientele. You've been featured in a lot of places. How do you not let your head get big? <laughs> What's the tension like that? Oh man, like, <laughs> um, well, first, you know, as a leader, you know, right. it, it start. I got. Let's say I had training early, right? Um, mm. when Carrots became a part of the business, you know, my thing was always trying to give her the shine, you know. She came in, she sacrificed a lot. And to me, to be honest, we could go as, as long as we went high together, we I'm good. You know what I mean? As long as the team is winning, I'm good. Um, but yeah. And then you see, like I said, I've been, I've, we've been doing this 10 years. I've seen a lot of people come and go. I think I truly believe everybody, if you work hard, you'll get your five minutes. You know, now the, the true test comes is in the sustainability. Can you keep doing this 10 years, mm. 20 years? I'm not trying to be hot for a second. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to go viral one time. You know, I'm trying to be in the game. I'm trying to dominate, be the best, take over for years to come. You know, I want to see my kids, um, if they so choose to to run the business, take it to new levels. You know what I mean? So um, I think if, you know, you can look back. Sometimes I look back and be like, wow, I can't believe we actually were doing that. We, You know, that was that's kind of crazy. But and I, I'm appreciative of it. But when it comes down to seeing something one time to me, I mean, maybe I'm just. I'm hard. To, I, I don't easily impress myself, I guess. You know what I mean? So uh, or just impressed with the short sighted goals, you know. So right. to me, it's all about that longevity and that sustainability. Um, 
And so, yeah, so I, I look back and I'm a very appreciative and grateful and we do celebrate it, uh, but we don't get stuck on it at all. Right. And I think that is so true. That is so good that you said that because um, it's all about the long game. And especially now we were talking before, like prior, uh, before we recorded was, you know, there's too many short snippets, shortcuts, and you're not able to really appreciate the long, the, the long game. A lot of yeah. that definitely decreased. And so for what would you say would be would your number one advice for any new entrepreneurs getting into the game, especially in the media space where um, it's transitioning all the time and it's not guaranteed? Yeah. Yeah, I would I would definitely say first is your mindset, you know, make sure that's right. Have your purpose in place. Um, know what you're you're betting on. You're going to work a lot. Know what you're putting your faith in. Uh, we choose to put our faith in Christ and that, you know, instead of using operating off of those values and, and off of the promises he's given us, you know, we feel like we can't lose. So I go hard. I double down on what we do um, just off of that alone. But at this at after that, after your mindset's there, you have the confidence. You need to get you uh, a mentor, a coach, somebody who can help pave, who has done what you're doing, who has experienced success where you want it and can give you the blueprint or the game to get to that next level. You can save yourself so much time, so much heartache, so much uh, effort, all of that. If you just listen, if you submit to somebody who's been where you wanted to go um, or doing what you want to do. And then after that, is you know work as hard as you believe right so if, if if we set up our mindset first and we believe without a shadow of a doubt that we are going to attain our reach our our, our get to the goal that we set out and we have somebody a guide there to help us get there then you better work just as hard as you believe uh that you're going to get there and so I, that's where i would start man is is make sure your faith is in the right place um and and get you some help some education um, and, and then go for it, work, put in the right. work and continue taking us one step after the next. You got to put in, uh, that work and, and you got to put some action behind your faith. Yeah, man. You definitely are right about that. And so of course, you know, you're in the game for 10 years. What was that moment like when you said, yeah, I'm going to do this full time. I mean, cause you know, uh, everybody has that jump. Everybody has, <laughs> and what was the circumstance? Yeah leading up to that when you're like all right we gotta go yeah man it felt good it felt i ain't gonna lie to you it felt real good and it, at the same time it was a little bit it was a it was another push too because mm. you jump in uncertainty you'll never go full time unless you like just hit a huge jackpot or deal whatever it may be there's something in you should be like okay i gotta make this last you know there should be some something in you that says I got a new level to attain. So yes, it was exciting to know that I could, I had the opportunity and now even more time to work on it. But then again, there was something that said, um, Oh boy, this is real. You know what I'm saying? So when you, when you lose some sense of security, you know, like they said, you got to jump. So, um, and I don't really think there'll ever be a time where you jump with a hundred percent security, you know what right. I mean? So, and if you, if you're doing that, you're either naive or, or you're not really jumping, you know what I mean? So um, what led up to that? It felt good. So, but I, I would say, you know, I, I felt like, I guess the if I had a sentence, it would be like, finally, or mm -hmm. about time, right? You know, <laughs> I had been working so long, but my goal wasn't for me to leave my nine to five 
first. Um, right. I was working really hard so Paris could leave her nine to five first. Um, right. I just didn't think it'd be right if I was at home doing, you know, fulfilling my dream, but she was still at a job she didn't necessarily enjoy. Um, when I when I decided to marry her, I said, you know, I'm gonna take care of you. So let's work hard so you can come home first. Um, and then so we were able to do that. And then about a year and a half, two years later, then I came home um, to to work on the business full time. And that was in 2000 at the beginning of 2016 into 2015. Um, right. And so, yeah. How did that come about? Well, I was at that point you know, we're still growing the business. And then, so when Karis is at home full time now working on the business and I'm still at uh, engineering, um, the business is still growing. I'm still a weekend warrior, but she's now able to do a couple more things in the week and whatnot. But at this point, I'm now leaving my job. I'm, I don't use, I use all my vacation to go shoot, um, just all traveling, all of that. And then at this point, I had a, a moment <laughs> where I had to decide, am I going to leave work? And them just not pay me? Well, I was just like, absolutely. I had the opportunity to go shoot Michelle Obama. And <laughs> I was like, well, you know, job, y'all don't have to pay me. I'm I'm going to go do this. This was uh, in Washington, Virginia area um, for a wedding uh, that she was a part of. And it was featured and all this type of stuff. It was a huge stepping stone for our, our business and in our career. And, uh, you know, shortly after that, I had to go again to Jamaica to go shoot. And so at this point, I'm leaving, you know, my job right. pretty frequently now because the the sessions are further away. They're longer. And so I'm having to leave on that Thursday, Friday, not come back till Tuesday or Monday or something like that. And uh, yeah, and that's when it it kind of clicked. And, you know, after that, I was like, well, we got to go full time, you know, because at you know, we were looking for full-time results. Right. And at the end of the day, if you can't in, if you can't put in full-time effort, you won't get those full-time results. And so I didn't look back um, from engineering at, at the beginning of that year. And we just continue to grow, continue to grow, man. Man, that, that, that is, that's a testament, y'all. That is a testament because you can't get, you can't expect to get full-time results if you're not putting full-time in. That's a, that's a bar. <laughs> yeah. Bar. I mean, you know, when you're, you're losing out, you know, too, you know, it's like now these people, when you corporate, well, can you come in on a Wednesday? And then, and I'm like, uh, not really. And I'm like, what you mean? You know, they were surprised that I wasn't a full time doing what we were doing. You know what I mean? And so, um, we kind of, you know, got confirmation of, of what we needed and the clientele who we were shooting in LA and just everywhere. And so they wanted us more. And so we had to make a decision, you know, so, yeah, but I think it, I don't think it could have happened any better. You know, we were patient with it, you know, um, and it happened when it was the right time. It, the demand brought about it, not us being impatient, you know? Right. Right. And, and that's actually such, so good that you said that so good that you said that because, um, it does take time. And now actually I, I this is not a cool, I think this is a question that not a lot of people, uh, whether an entrepreneur or whatever, they they get asked. Um, say that most people, how do you not get jaded when you live in your dream? You know, you say that you, you're making it, you're owning your own business, you're doing that. But th is there any time where you feel like you get jaded and how do you fight that? And, and jaded in the sense of what? Um, so, of course, you know, jaded is like saying like, 
I'm living it, but eh, yeah, like like or you're like in cruise control. How do you keep on, you know, become being innovative and being like, gotcha. you know, and, and having that fire? Yeah, yeah. Reflection, meditation, prayer, goal setting. You know, I think a special attribute about a successful entrepreneur or CEO, some they are intrinsically you know, motivated. You don't got to put a fire to me. I'm going to go hard. I can make my, I'm, you don't have, you're, you're not going to be my toughest critic. I'm my toughest critic. You know what mm. I'm saying? So at the end of the day, there's nobody who's going to probably push me more than I'm going to push myself. Mm. And I, I feel strongly about that. And so um, do I have coaches in my life to push me, to help me, to motivate me and all of those things? Absolutely. But I know when I step up to the plate, I want it. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, it's, it's, it's easy for me not to get jaded because I know where I'm, uh, what I'm striving towards, what I'm striving to. Right. And at the end of the day, nobody is perfect. And so we all need grace. And so I can't sit here and be like, uh, that's, you know, is what it is. No, I got work to do. You know, um, there's, there's things still that we want to accomplish. Um, and as we accomplish those things, I get exposed to newer heights. You know, when you climb up, you get exposed to newer heights. And for me, that makes me want to go even higher. You know, it's exciting. It's like, man, I didn't even know this was up here. You know what I'm saying? Right. But um, that's that's what faith walking does. That's what walking by faith is. You know, you, you take one step where you can see, maybe where you can't see. But before your foot hits the ground, it lights up. And now you can see a little bit further. But that you got to keep taking action and keep exposing yourself to, to new heights and to new goals and to people who have been where you are wanting to go. They've seen a couple of things. Right. And so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's, again, that's why I think it all falls back down on to leadership and uh, having your mindset right, because if you get comfortable, maybe that's where you want to be. And I'm not to you know, I'm not going to blame anybody for wanting to settle or wanting to. That's maybe where you want to be. But I know for myself, and for my family, we always want to continue to strive to do better and, and get literally everything that God has for us on this earth. Right. That's that that is so good. Um, I, I remember I think it was one of my favorite rappers. Um, I want to say from a rapper sense, but because of his personality and what and like his intrinsic drive, Russ um, saying, like, if you're not intrinsically motivated or like even Kobe said, once I got to the NBA, it was so much easier because these plays, these guys are playing for security. I'm playing for championships. I'm playing to continue to get yeah, better. Yeah. I'm playing to continue to to mold myself. And it's just a philosophy. Um, if anybody is a fan of Asian philosophy, that um, that term kaizen, Tiger Woods, mm -hmm. never, never being satisfied, always getting better. Because I'm mean, at the end of the day, since you know, you said we're not perfect. We're always going to take that. Uh, we oh, there's always room for improvement. There's always room Absolutely. for us to continue to sharpen our skill set and learn something new and continue to do that. Always, man. You're right. Now, now, now we're heading towards the end of the podcast. But my last question about about the business front end is, what do you do for fun besides that? How do you get? What are some tactics and some things to to get away, make sure it doesn't dominate your whole life, and you know you are taking care of yourself as a human, especially you know COVID nineteen, like took everybody for a loop. Yeah, yeah. Um, hanging out with my kids without um, Karis, that's fun. Sometimes stressful, <laughs> but I only say without because you know we get to form a bond. You know what I mean? We get to 
do what we want to do. And so not to say when she's there, but, you know, it's just different. You know, I like that one-on-one time with my kids. Um, I like to ride my motorcycle. Um, I like to, you know, get on the barbecue pit here and there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like hanging out with the family. I like the know. Um, but you know, I don't have too much free time. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I like to get on the golf range or, 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 the, or the course whenever I can. Not the golf range. Yeah, I mean, I don't got a lot of time for it, but whenever I can get out there, I, I would love to go to that range, uh, gun range. I like to shoot, but, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I like to be active and, uh, just really all I got time for now is just my family though. But other than that, there's a couple of things to keep my mind uh, at ease. Love music, love listening to music. And so, uh, yeah. That's good, bro. That is so good because I feel like oftentimes, so like, you know, too many times it's, there's a saying that I always, like I have it on my screensaver. It's like mm-hmm. your identity is who you are, not in what you do. And of course, it's other believers our identity first and foremost is a child of God. And mm-hmm. now what your role in your daily life is you might, your position might say CTO, CEO, yeah. whatever, yeah. but that's not who you are. That's just what you do. Don't let what you do dictate who you are. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. I mean, perfect day would, you know, just sitting down reading a book to be honest, but you know, I do that for work. I try to I actually schedule that time in. So that's not really, on the referral but yeah i mean and a lot of people get confused with that you take away what they they do and they don't know who they are you know i had to deal right. with that super duper early in my life when i stopped playing sports um my whole life when i was younger was going to church was playing sports you know and better do good in school you know what i mean but when i stopped playing uh, uh sports out of high school i got injured or whatever but um after that yeah, when i was just had time what are you going to do? You know, and that's when I really kind of got serious about entrepreneurship and, you know, you know, trying to find a family or start my family. And when I met Karis and all of that, you know what I mean? My career, everything. So you're right. Once you, you can't tie your identity to what you do, you got to know who you are first. And then from there, everything will, you know, be a little bit easier. Yeah. That's so good. Man, now this is the transition. These are the last questions that I always ask my guests. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so my very first question is, what are three things that you would tell to your 21-year-old self? You're going back 10 years, 20, man. 21. Um, I would say to dream even bigger, right? Dream bigger. Dream bigger. Move quicker right? Move quicker. Don't have that self-doubt, but go after what you really want. Um, More faith. Have even more faith. Dream bigger, move quicker, have more faith in in what you're going after. Um, And then I I would say, well, that's three, but I would also add in just love love your dad. You know, call him every day. Love your dad. I lost my dad uh, a little bit over a year ago. And so 21 myself would just be cherished that time even more as possible. Mm. That's good. That's, uh, that is so good, man. And my last question for you is what do you want your legacy to be? 
Oh man. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, when it all comes down to it, do I want to be remembered for the opportunities we created through our business and how we've, you know, changed people's lives, how I've helped other photographers go from nine to five FedEx drivers, whatever, to owning their own business full time and all of that. And I would, but I think at the end of the day, I just want to be remembered as a man who uh, made a decision to really uh, please the Lord and then and, and, and making that decision, you know, change the trajectory of his family, you know, who made a decision to follow Christ and change the trajectory of his family. I, I think at the end of the day, um, everything that I do now is, is, is for the kingdom and, you know, and, and for the future that we have, but also I want to, make sure the legacy that I have here on earth and my family is continuing to grow. That's what my, my dad did for us. That's what his dad did for them. And so that's what I want to continue to do uh, while I'm here on earth, make, give my kids, give my family a better opportunity to, uh, to, to, to live here on earth. You know what I mean? And continue that, that legacy of faith and family that we have, everything that we do here is for the, for the kingdom, for his glory. But, um, and what that looks like is just going hard, doing the best, being the best you can here on earth at whatever you do um, so that you can give him the glory. Right. And so at the end of the day, respecting and loving all mankind and, and giving him the glory in everything that we do. So in short, that's that's what I would want my legacy to be. That's amazing, man. Wow. Um, you know, most podcasts after that, that's a good point to end. But I think the one thing that I really do my best to differentiate is my favorite segment. And the last segment is the speak life segment. And you know it. James chapter three says life and death comes from the ton. And I just want to continue to speak life over my guest. So here we go. Josh, you are one cool dude, man. <laughs> but man, one cool dude. But honestly, man, I just want to say thank you so much for your commitment and for your respect and for your truth and the way that you have those pillars of faith and family. Everybody says it and everybody says, oh, yeah, faith and family. But what you are the embodiment of that showcasing and allowing God's light to highlight through your, your work, through your Instagram page, through your website, through the dedication and you being able to be of service. One, now being able to hire people to continue to work with you, not for you, but with you to continue to expand it, to grow and to continue to motivate them. You being a family man, being intentional with your with your son and your daughter and just continuing to live and being a man of faith and living a life of making sure that everyone around you is going to be free. You taking care of your wife, you just being a man full of your value and word, man, and just coming across your profile and just seeing what you've done and seeing what the work just continues to inspire and motivate me man so i just want to say that um if you haven't felt that um it, it's working you are doing exactly and you're doing more than beyond because the amount of people that you're touching through the lives from the work and everything that you do has just been so motivating and inspiring so i just want to say man thank you so much for your service thank you so much for all that you've done and um i'm, I'm super humbled and as a brother of christ i just want to say that i love you man and uh, i'm super excited for your journey and thank you thank you for being a man of value and doing it in a way that is so honorable to the kingdom so man i appreciate that bro that's love i appreciate it man for sure Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Where can the people find you at? Yeah, so you can find me at, at Jay Ferris 
two on Instagram, Ferris Photos, uh, Instagram, FerrisPhotos.com on our website. Um, yeah, that's where you can find it. We're on YouTube, all of that. So Ferris Photos, P-H-A-R-R-I-S, Photos, and then J Ferris 2. All right, y'all. You heard the man. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. What you got to do is just, if you like this, enjoy this episode, like, comment, subscribe, share. And that is it. Until next time, we are out. Thank you so much for taking a chance to listen slash watch the podcast episode. Super grateful for all your support. Make sure you follow us on social media at Campus Cuts Pod. Be able to check out the YouTube, um, Twitch, and as well as Twitter, Periscope live streams. If you want to have a chance to get the replay, make sure you share it to your friends, families, significant others, and anybody that is interested in listening to authentic conversations with great guests and people. Make sure you do that. Thanks so much for all the help. Tap in. Have a blessed day.